if if you follow the Facebook page for the church, and if if you don't, please do, because that's where you get involved with these prayers as prayer warriors. Um, almost daily now, there are prayers being asked of this congregation to go up and. And as they do, lives are being changed. There's probably 10 people at least right now that are needing continued prayers to go along with Danny and, and Donna and Mike. We've, we've got Cole. Um, you know, Cole we put on there. It's been two weeks or so, a little more now. Three weeks tomorrow. So for three weeks, Jerry's great nephew, uh, Cole, he's 2021. 20, um, was driving to work on Perrigan Road early before dawn and went off the road, had a terrible accident, got through from his truck, and they believe it was his 500-pound toolbox that when he fell from the truck, it got slung and landed on his head. He has the multiple skull fractures. He had all the internals, he had broken arm, he had all of that. He shouldn't have made it. Is it okay to explain the other part too? Okay. Because this will tear you up. He wasn't a believer. He, his grandmother is a great prayer warrior and a believer. But he wasn't. He laid there in that field 45 minutes because it was before dawn. The, do the neighbor's dog was barking, but he didn't go out until daybreak and saw the truck, called the ambulance. The moment they got there and started to put him on the stretcher, he quit breathing. God held him on for 45 minutes. They traked him and, and put the breathing in to keep him alive. He wasn't supposed to make it. He still may not. He's still in terrible condition. But your prayers kept him alive. We had about 700 people engaged on the Facebook page. His grandmother going there every day to pray with him as well. He started responding and squeezing her hand. And if I know Janet. She was asking him about the Lord. And asking him about his now position with that. So if nothing else. The prayers. Held on long enough. That he was able to hear the gospel again. And about the Lord Jesus Christ. So not only that, we got all kinds of members in this congregation who are right now coveting our prayers because of health issues. Um, I, I would fail to mention someone if I tried. So just I, I keep checking the, the bulletin, keep checking the prayer list. On a praise report, Zoe was was clean. She had her review and she was clean. Prayers again. Um, it's, been a, it's been a rough time. People, we're undergoing attack. And then 
that last song where your mind was like that, I started smiling. I started laughing because that's the way my week's been. And then I thought, I'm supposed to be talking about the devil's disciples today and false teachers. And anytime you get ready to expose some things, what do you get? You get trouble. You get problems. And, and folks, your prayers and your walk of life and your example that's, that's happening is causing problems with the dark side, the enemy, so that he is trying to counteract by making your life tough as well. Don't give in to it. And know that as we get into this lesson today, that I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about those who would like to lead you astray. Okay? I'm not talking about the folks who believe and who fall in to the sins and the temptations daily like I do and need that blood of Jesus and need that forgiveness. I'm talking about the people who want to seduce you from the truth and lead you astray and tell you everything's all right when they do. So I want to I preface everything up front with that. Now, as we get ready to get into that, thank you to all of the volunteers that we had with VBS. How many did we have the last night? Linda, about 50 kids the last night. Uh, they had a ball. And the folks that I've talked to since, the kids were still talking about it, you know, that Friday and Saturday. So it was a wonderful. But to everybody who helped, who prayed, who, who had any involvement, thank you. Because it was well worth it and it was a, and it was a great thing. Um, the next thing was the food pantry on Friday. And there's still a little bit of stuff left back there if you want to go back afterwards and, and check the tables. But thank you to everybody that helped with the food pantry on Thursday and Friday. We had 158 total that we helped through the pantry. And maybe more because who knows who got things to help somebody else. So this is what we know. Because I had one more family, Nate, whenever we was there, we had 150, but I had one more family that uh, we, we pumped it up to 158. And we've got a, another Lions Club in town food pantry Saturday, and, and Glenda and Terry help out with that. So, so see, Glenda, if you can help out with that, that's coming up Saturday. Uh, T-shirts, T-shirts. Um, we did this a couple years ago. This one came out, uh, seemed like there'd be a lot of enthusiasm about it, and, and we put it there. Man, there's names all over the list. Thank you all, but today's the last day to order uh, because this week we have to turn it in because what they do is they put out the run and what they're going to do, and then they have to have an end date, and then they change their machines over to run these shirts for what is ordered, and so it has to be in this week, so... If you want a shirt, uh, the one on the left is the front, uh, and it'll say New Life Christian Church of Perrigan, Indiana, and then on the back it'll, it'll say, I stand for a flag and I kneel at the cross. It's, it's about the freedom that we have both ways in our country and through Jesus Christ. So, uh, and Dean, hold up your hand. He's the one that's kind of in charge of collecting the money there and for the T-shirts, and we got the sheets on the uh, back to sign up. 
And also Kairos Prison Ministry. Speaking of the sheets in the back, there's a prayer chain back there. But uh, um, Ron and, and um, uh, Johnny, they, they do the inside prison ministry. Uh, they're getting ready. It's September 27th, I think, 26th to the 29th. And uh, gearing up for that, we've got a prayer chain. Your prayers will be coveted during that as well for leading men's lives to Christ. And uh, remember all of the rest of our people that is on our prayer list, uh, please, as we go through. And uh, without further ado, let's uh, take a moment. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. And I've seen his garden. It's awesome and wonderful. So thank you for bringing that in. And so we'll, speaking of prayer, we'll take a moment of prayer to prepare our hearts and minds for the lesson. And I'll try to run through it quick since we've took a moment to praise God with, with praise and prayer of, of what's been going on. And then I'll close this out and we'll get into the word. Father, we, we thank you for these prayers, the request, the praise that we can give back and the, the glory to you. And Father, we have a common enemy that, that creates all of this, that creates the sickness, that creates the trauma. And that common enemy, because he fell, desires that all of us fail to and fall and it's his desire to just be contradictive and combat you in every way and we're going to learn about him father in the next couple of weeks and it's going to get tough and we might get under more attack but you've promised that you're not going to put on us any more than what we can bear and I like to say sometimes you got a mighty high opinion of us May we be able to hold out and to meet that opinion that you have. And that, that we, uh, we learn through this word that the thing that you hate most is false teachers. You hate the devil and his disciples that he uses to lead people away from you and from the path of life and to the path of death. And so, Father, we praise you for your word what we're getting ready to study, and we pray that our minds will open up and that we will understand, comprehend, we'll get it, and we'll be able to use it. And we pray this, that we may be challenged by it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to turn there, we'll be in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, basically the last two verses, and then we're going into chapter 2, and it'll be next week that we get into some real gooshy stuff, okay? 
But uh, as you're turning there, I figure on the bright side, needed to, to share maybe a joke with you real quick. And, uh, and I heard from one this morning that was talking about these two farmers who was, uh, one was optimistic and one was pep- pessimistic. And you know how it goes with the farmers, a lot of it revolves around the weather. And the first farmer that was an optimist said, Lord, we thank you for the spring rain that came and watered the stuff. And the, the pessimistic farmer said, yeah, but... It's going to end up rotting in the roots. And um, so the sun started coming out and drying everything up. And the optimistic farmer thanked the Lord for the sun and the drying it up. And the pessimistic farmer said, yeah, but now it's going to scorch everything and wield it. And it's going to end up dying. So he just couldn't win. So one day he said, maybe I'll invite him out on a fishing trip. And see if that'll kind of break the ice with us. Maybe I can kind of get him looking in a positive way. And they was out uh, duck hunting. And the optimistic farmer shot the duck and it fell. His dog walked on the water. Picked up the duck. Walked back. Dropped it in the boat. That optimistic farmer looked over at the pessimistic one to see if that would kind of break the ice and give him something to be optimistic about that old farmer just shook his head and said I knew your dog couldn't swim (laughs) anyway here we go second Peter the last words of an apostle of Jesus Christ to those of us like precious faith and we've been the last three weeks talking about how great powerful how the word of God is the most important thing in life and if you add it to your life you will gain great abundance and you won't fail and you won't fall but then there was one thing now that he's getting ready to switch over to Peter is and that is the disdain the contempt that the Lord had for false teachers and the reason being like we opened up with in our prayer is because it leads people down the wrong road And you lose a soul if you give in to false teaching and you don't know the truth. Jesus had no compassion and no sympathy for self-righteous people. And especially those who were self-righteous with a wrong message. He was always after the scribes and Pharisees who were that way. He would blister them in the public eye even when he was out teaching. He said you will not share false ideologies And misrepresent me and my father's word with what you say and do. And he said something like this. He said that you are blind that are leaders of the blind. And if you follow them you will both fall into the ditch. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go into it. But narrow is the gate and the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. So it seems to me that all of those that are out there promoting this everything is prosperity and rainbows and the the pot of gold at the end and ever Jesus kind of contradicts that message. Narrow is the way. Few. Why? Because it's difficult, it says in that passage. The way is difficult. We've been hearing some of those difficulties this morning with the problems that happen in life. But wide is the way. And then he said this in verse 15, and that's what's up there on that slide. When he said narrow and wide, and then he says this, So beware of false prophets 
who come to you in sheep's clothing, inwardly, and that's going to be our focus today, that word inwardly, what's within you. Inwardly, though, they are ravenous wolves, and you'll know them if you know the truth. And believe me, the ravenous wolves are predators, just like the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. They want to devour our souls. Jesus laid them wide open every time that he could in his ministry, just days before the cross even. He said this in Matthew 23, there were seven woes that he laid upon the scribes and Pharisees. He really got in their grill because he knew it would be his last chance. And he said this, you guys go about like whitewashed tombstones. Indeed, on the outside, and these are tombs in a, in a, in a Hebrew place. Okay? This is one of the ways they did it. The other was to paint the outside of the rock cliffs. He says, you are whitewashed tombs. Indeed, on the outside, you put on a good appearance. It, everything looks pretty. Everything looks like sweetness and light. But on the inside, it's still filled with dead man's bones. Uncleanness. You are full of hypocrisy. Lawlessness. You are serpents and a brood of vipers. How shall you escape the condemnation of hell? You know how he called them serpents and brood of vipers? You know where he got that? They're false teachers. You know who the first false teacher was? The devil in the garden represented as the serpent. Remember we, on Wednesday night we talked at length about this. He is the first false teacher. He changes the word of God to suit his desires and his will to get you off track and off the path to life. What did he say there in Genesis 3 when he struck up the, just the conversation with Isha, the woman? He said, did God say that you can't eat from any of these trees? She said, oh, God said that we can eat from these trees but there's one tree in the midst of the garden that we can't eat and then she added and not even touch lest we die the day that we do we will surely die satan changed one word you remember what he said thou shall what not surely die he changed not he added one word thou shall not add to or take away from the word of god why? Because it changes the interpretation and the meaning. Thou shall not surely die. And what happened? It was a lie. Because he's the father of lies. And the father of lies, Jesus said, is a murderer from the beginning and a liar. And he invented And the truth is not in him. One word set this world on the path that it is. Thou shall not surely die. Then he said... Beware of false teachers like this because the devil devises cunningly devised fables. Just like when he said, you will not surely die. But God knows that in the day that you eat of it, you would be like him. Having the knowledge of good and evil and you will be smart. And he doesn't want you to do that. Folks, that is a cunningly devised fable that is a falsehood that was 
to draw and lure in. And that is what he does. Because false teaching, it's not accurate interpretation of the word of God. It's twisting it to suit your own desires and your wills for your benefit. And that is why the most hated thing on God's list is false teachers. Because it leads his beautiful creation to destruction and loss of soul. And he doesn't want that. He wants us to be saved through his son. He hates it. He says, you are like your father, the devil. You are serpents who bring into the house of God false teachings and ideals that lead people astray. And then Peter was there. He heard the Lord saying all of these things to those folks, even the week before he went to the cross. And so he knew the contempt. And you know why? Remember what John chapter 1 says about Jesus, who he is? He's the Lamb of God. He says, in the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And nothing was created but Him. So when you misrepresent the Word, who are you misrepresenting? God and His Son, Jesus Christ. So that is why He takes this so serious. We misrepresent Him. And last week, we ended with Peter talking about this, that we do not, you remember that up there in verse 16, we don't follow cunningly devised fables. That's where he's going all the way back to the garden, cunningly devised in the beginning. And he says, we don't follow those things here. When, when I made known to you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, it wasn't something that was made up to draw you away. But we were eyewitnesses. But there's something even more sure. And that's the word of God. It was confirmed by what I saw. And then he closes out the chapter with this. In verses 20 and 21. Knowing this first then. This first. No prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of men. But by holy men who spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Know this thing first, he says. It's the word proto, like prototype, which means it's the first one and all of it comes after that. It's your first designed one, the prototype of first importance. The word of God didn't come from fables. The word of God didn't come from men. The word of God came from God. There is no private interpretation of that. You know what the word interpretation means? To untie the knots. So here you have the word of God. And if you've ever began to study something, it's about like when you reach into the jewelry box and you pull out a bunch of necklaces. Or if you're like me, you reach in to where I put all of my little cables for charging this and doing that and you pull it out and they're all wadded together. What do you got to do? You got to untie the knots, untangle the thing. You've you've got to straighten it out and lay everything under its own accord. And he says, everybody doesn't have the right to interpret what you want it to say. 
you untangle that to what God intended for it to say because there's one word, one author, and one thought behind the word and you don't have the right to untangle it in a way that you want it to be. It's not of your private interpretation to untie it with. No one has that right. I own it. Because then it says that it's under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Men were moved by the Holy Spirit to write. That means under His authority. He begins His treaties on hating false teachers with this idea. And then He'll end it at the end of this book in chapter 3, verse 16, when He says, But untaught and unstable people who do not rightly divide the word will use it for their own desires. They will twist the word of God to their own destructions as they do all of the scriptures. Beware, then, he says in the next verse. Beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness in the truth and be led astray by the error of false teaching. Don't fall in to that trap because it will sound good. A lure doesn't lure unless it looks good. When you throw a fishing lure out there, it has to look good to lure him into that bait. So in our text, Peter is trying to pound home the idea to us in our hearts. First importance, know this. It's not a private interpretation. It's God's and it was given by the authority of the Holy Spirit. So I can't say, well, I think it says. Well, I would like for it to be, no, it is what it is, and it's our duty to submit to that will of God of what it is. And then he says, verse 21 up there, The word of God never, and I underlined it, the, is never came by the will of men. And you think, oh, the will. You know what will means? I looked it up. The wishes, pleasures, and desires. So the word of God didn't come for our wishes, our pleasures, our desires. It came for God's. It's from his mind and his heart. And then it's not that way. It was written for us to know and for to follow its authority. And then it says this, but that's a conjunction of contrast. We're getting ready to compare something then. And he says, but holy man of God is who the word came through, who were moved or under the authority of the Holy Spirit. And that word moved there is Pharaoh. It means to pick up and to carry along. Like when you pick up a burden and you're not under your own authority. And I got to thinking about last year. I was down there where the waves were coming in. And we had a boogie board. And I was out there with Deacon. And here come a big one. And I thought oh, I'm going to ride this thing. And I go up and that wave picks me up slams me down to the bottom and carries me along until I'm on shore and I'm sitting on my tail. And I was carried along, not under my own authority, and placed there that way. And that's what this word means, to be picked up and moved by something that was under the authority of something. The Word of God moved people under its authority to write what they wrote. I laid there and became a sugar cookie. You know what that is? That's when you get wet and you roll in the sand and you look like a coated sugar cookie. So I got carried along under the authority of those waves. Then as you turn the page now 
And we go beginning in 2 Peter chapter 2. Oh, this is a page break, but it's not a thought break. We're on the same thought pattern. And it's, it's, going, to, it's going to get interesting next week, folks. But right now, we, we've got to continue this thought. It starts with but, or it's joining and contrasting this again too. That the word of God was given to no person or their desires, but under its authority. But there were false teachers also in that day. False prophets, it says, in those days. There were also, you know why? Because there are some folks that don't like what God says. <laughs> And when you don't like what God says, what do you do? you got to make up some way around it so that it appeases you and makes it look like it's okay for you to do what you do. And that's when you get false prophets. And he says, that's what happened. But false prophets emerged in the days when the Bible was penned, just as there's going to be false teachers among you as well. And... As he says that, I like how it was false prophets and now with you it will be false teachers because the word of God that lives and abides forever has been given. When revelation was penned, inspiration ended, the apostles were gone, the word of God was sealed. There is no new word. Remember, don't come by any one man or private interpretations. No, The word of God has been penned. There is no new revelations. There is nothing for these people to lead you astray. You go back to the word. You're not going to get a new word from God anymore. And it's surely not coming to one person who's saying, God told me to tell you all that he's changed the word and it's okay. No. He said, but there will be those who will come and try to tell you that. There's going to be prophets who did speak for God And then false ones to try to imitate that. But in your day it will be teachers. Because the word of God is already written. And you'll have false teachers who will try to spin this. In ways that that they want to, to use you and make merchandise of you. We will see next week. So there's going to be false teachers that happen upon the scene. And then it says this. I want you to know that false teachers are the devil's disciples then. John 8.44 says this, Ye are of your father the devil, and his desires, you remember that word will, it didn't come by the will of men, and it meant desire and pleasure. You are of your father the devil, those who lead astray and are false teachers. And his desires you do, he is a murderer and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth when in he speaks, he speaks a lie. From his own resources, he, in, he is a father of lies and, and makes them up. God says, but my word is not. It comes from my resources, the Holy Spirit. But all false teaching comes from the devil, your father, and his desires that he influences you with. And then it says this. It says, because people do not like, though, the truth, they will seek out those who will teach what they want to hear. And that's why you have so many ways and roads out there. They seek out teachers, it says, in 2 Epistle of Timothy, chapter 4, verse 3, who teach what people want to hear. He says, you will not endure, you will not stand under sound doctrine. 
But you, according to your desires, your own desires, you will seek out those teachers who will teach what you want to hear and they will tickle your ears with that. And so you will follow them because they are telling you what you want to hear and they want to make merchandise of you so they teach it to you. So back to Second Peter chapter 2 then and verse 1. They're going to meet their end because God does not like teachers who will lead his sheep astray and cause his creation to be lost. And he says, they will bring upon themselves destruction and heresy. They secretly come in and bring destruction and heresy. The word for destruction is the word used also for one of the... uh, trifecta of the most important and powerful fallen angels, Apollyon, that's in in the, the pit right now that will be released. And when it says that one day the son of perdition will come, that word is this same word of destruction, the son of destruction. And it means eternal ruin to be perishing and cut off from God. And heresy means something that is personal personal, selected, self-chosen. It's a strong opinion that you contend with the truth with. So that is what they bring in. Strong opinions that go against the truth that leads to destruction. And they will refuse to submit themselves to God's authority to appease their conscience. They teach it and spin it in a different way. So then the Holy Spirit even called it by that name, the false teachers, when in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 1 and 2, it says what? Now the Spirit, who? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, and they will give heed to what? Tell me. And what? You, you see how the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus haven't minced words when it comes to those who want to lead you and I astray and down a false path? He says, it's going to come when people don't want to hear what the truth says, so they're going to seek out people that tickle their ears, and the ones that do, they are giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, and they speak lies. So false teachers... Holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit. False teachers have their influence from the demonic realm. They influence their thinking. They give them the ability to devise these cunningly devised fables to lead us astray. They don't understand the word of God. They want to be in contention to it. And so they go against it and want to lead you there as well. So when Peter says in chapter 2, verse 1 again, we go back to, to our text, even as there will be false teachers among you, now I can tell you, after you just saw how that they're under the influence of seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, when it says there will be these false teachers, that word for will be is in a middle voice. And what all that means is this, they, it's inflexive. They had influence from something. So when the false teachers come, they are under a different influence than what the Word of God was under. They will come. They will be influenced by an outside forces to deceive us. 
And the devil is so smart and powerful, he can make it sound really good and make it so similar, but yet mislead you from the truth and take you away. So that's why you have to follow only the truth. That's why I am charged to only teach the truth, because if not, then I come under being influenced by seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And, and I do not want that. James said that do not be many of your teachers because you come under a harsher testing and condemnation. I don't want that. I don't. So I'll tell you if I don't know something or if it's not the truth. And if I find I've taught something wrong and I need to change it, I'm going to tell you that too. Because we got to know the truth, all of us. That's what's going to set us free. There's going to be these teachers twisting things, though. Strong, self-willed opinions by what they want that will lead you astray. So, dear flock, please, please listen to these verses that Peter is sharing with us and realize how important it is to stay in the truth and not give heed to those things. And when you see it with others in love, tell them so that they are not led down a wrong path. It leads to destruction, it says here. Then comes this phrase, even denying the Lord that bought them. And I thought, well, that's easy because I'm a believer. I'm not going to do that, right? And then I started looking up that word deny. Guess where first one of it goes to? Peter. What'd he do three times? Wasn't he a believer? <laughs> Wasn't he walking with him? So it started giving me a different idea. What's it mean to deny him? <laughs> Not only to tell others that I don't know him, but it's also the life that you live, right? How, how, how you're perceived and how people look at you. Look at this one. Because this, this came in with it too under deny. Matthew 10, 32, 33. Everyone who will acknowledge in me is what it actually says. Before men on earth will I acknowledge in him before the Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me before men on earth will I also deny before my Father in heaven. And again, that word in, in the preposition for that means to the condition in which something operates from the inside. Remember I told you inwardly was going to be our word for the day. It's how you operate from the inside. How you live and what you say is either acknowledging or denying. And you said, oh, I don't know, you're going a little far with that on, on operation and how I live. Oh, yeah? Listen to this. Case in point. This one really got me. 1 Timothy 5, 7 and 8. Here, it was talking about widows who are widows indeed and and who should be helped, and who should rely on family if they have it. And then it says this, So command these things, instruct them in what I am telling you from the word of God, that they may be blameless. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially of those of their own family or their own household, he is what? Denied the faith? So you see how that it's not only just saying I believe in Jesus or I don't believe in Jesus, but it's if I am following what he told me to do and what he instructed me to do and what people see in my life is also either acknowledging 
or denying, isn't it? You've denied the faith if you don't heed this, what I've told you to do. That hits pretty close to home. Because that I oftentimes fail to do all the time. So now I've got to change. I've got to go a little bit deeper. He's worse than an unbeliever or some versions say infidel. You know why? You know why we deny the faith and become worse? Because we ought to know the truth. And we are a believer. So when we don't do it, it's kind of expected of those who don't believe. But for those that believe and don't do it, it places us in even a deeper category. Ouch, my toes were stepped on. I need to operate now from the inside on living. I heard one, one old evangelist say that I try to preach a sermon every day. Sometimes I use words because he was preaching it by his life that he lived. So then we begin to see that when I operate on the inside, I'm following Galatians 2.20 where it says, I've been crucified with Christ. I've lost my life. But nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives where? There's our word inwardly. It's within me. And now it's no longer I that live, but what? Christ, who lives where? In me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. That's what it means to acknowledge and to move forward and not be a false teacher too. Hmm. You and I are not our own. This one bothered me as well. When it is looking up, I'm not my own. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 through 20. He who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. You're not your own. Flee fornication, sexual immorality, every sin that a man does outside the body... But when you do this, it sins against your body. What? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is where? Within us. Whom we have from God. And you are not your own. You were bought at a price. 1 Peter 3, 9, or 1, 19 says that the price that purchased us was the blood of Jesus Christ. You are not your own. Therefore, Glorify God, acknowledge Him in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, because you are not your own. And how we live is a part of giving that praise and glory to Him. Glorify God in what you do. Then, we back to Peter in our text. He says, then you will not be like the, those that are leading people astray. We will not operate on destructive, self-willed ideas, but we will be operating under the power of the one who lives within us and we put on display. And So as our worship team returns and, and we close this out next week, if you've read ahead to the next couple of verses, it's going to get really deep. We're going to be talking about more doctrines of demons. We're going to be talking about Noah and angels that sinned. We're going to tie those two together. What really happened in Noah and the flood? What, what happened there? And Sodom and Gomorrah. And why are these things being compared in our talk with false teachers? Why is this all of this being brought up? The other thing it's going to tell us is 
that as sure as those things happened and that judgment was set upon those things that false teachers surely will receive the same judgment. And that's why we got to let folks know not to be a false teacher out there. We've got to share the news of the truth out there with folks. Because all of these says that the truth is false teachers. God is allowing them to go on. In grace, he wants them to be saved. But in the end, if they haven't changed, they will meet the same judgment from within. So folks, like I said, I wasn't preaching to you because you are following the truth and you are when you and I get wrapped up into something we go in prayer and ask for forgiveness it's it's the false teachers who cannot walk in the light as he is in the light and so they make up these things through a wrong influence that leads others to follow the way they are to justify what they're doing and we've got to reach those people and give them the truth so that they might be saved and be on the right path. So seek the truth with all your heart. And share the truth with all you got. Let's pray. Father we thank you for your wonderful word. The word of truth. And Father many times it convicts me. Not always what I should be either. Thank you for forgiveness in your son and saying that when you confess your fault, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. Thank you for that lamb of God that was mentioned earlier. That took away the sin, the precious blood of Christ that bought us. And, and as we go through life and the pressures and the challenges day by day, we often forget that it's not our life, but Christ lives in me and the spirit is there to help me. So, Father, help all of us to rely upon that and to make it through. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Pray, Father, we're all back next week as we learn more of these things and we see what really happened, why you really had to destroy the earth. And Father, we praise you for your goodness, though. In Jesus' name, amen.